human, or if it's flesh, or if it's just best intentions, it's not of God. So uh, I know I'm going to remind you of a few of the scriptures, and we'll pick up um, after that. We were in John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do, because I go to my Father. And if we look at the Gospels and the works that Jesus did, and you even look at the Gospel of John, in John, John states himself, who was very close to Jesus, he was one of the top three. He had a very close relationship with Jesus, and John said that all of the things that Jesus did, they couldn't be written in a book. There were so many things that he did that they could only cover part of them. So now Jesus is saying when he declares that, these things that I do, the works that I do, you'll do and greater. We're we're talking about supernatural things that are happening. Amen? Are they happening today? Well, we're able to preach around the world simultaneously because of technology and things like that. So in that regard, yeah, there's some things that are greater if the truth can be told and can be told simultaneously almost just about around the globe. That's pretty good. Because Jesus, remember, he was, when he was preaching, he was in one spot. Right? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. By grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now remember, the three elements that we had gone over is grace, the faith, and the works. It's the grace of God, Amen? That we, that we are saved by, and, and it takes faith in that grace that God has given us. It takes faith, and it's not of works. However, we are created in Christ Jesus for works. So you have the three elements that work together. Amen? The works don't, listen, the works don't save us, but the works show that we are saved. Amen? Okay. So now also remember in Romans 3, I'm sorry, 12, beginning in verse 3, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Remember that? As, <clears throat> for as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. So now we see that, that fourth element that we went over last week. Gifts. Gifts. So now we have this fourth element. Now look at what it says. We didn't go over this one last week, so this is new. So again, uh, according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Then what? The gifts. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. It still involves faith. Have you, do you see that? Okay, it still involves faith. Very, very, very important. Amen? Or ministry. Let us use it in our ministry. Ministry, what is that? Serving. That word translated, it means serving. So you might be serving someone else, right? And if you're serving someone else, you know, it's, it's, you're doing it uh, in ministering, you're using that gift. It's not just that I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do something good for somebody. No, you've been gifted for it. You have an aptitude for it. God has blessed you and he's called you to do this. He who teaches in teaching... Not everybody in this room is called to be specifically a teacher, but we do all have a occasion to be a teacher. Remember, uh, you know, preach the gospel, sometimes use words. By our lifestyle, we are teaching some people. If you're a parent or a grandparent or you have guardians, uh, you, you have guardianship over someone, my brothers and sisters, it's in your best interest. Oh, no, no, no. It's your calling to be a teacher. 
Now, you may not be called to be a teacher like in the church or in schools. We're blessed with some teachers uh, that we happen to know. For one, Michelle's uh, sister is a teacher, and she's one of the good ones. She's one of the good ones. Actually cares about her students and actually has a biblical, a, world, a Christian worldview. Amen? She's called to be a teacher, and in her calling to be a teacher, although I'm not sure if she's teaching in church now or not, but in her calling to be a teacher, she's serving some children in that school, in that environment. Amen? But this speaks to more specifically in church what we're doing. Amen? From a Christian, totally Christian perspective. He who exhorts, who builds up in exhortation. There are people that actually have a gift in doing that. Now we should all build up one another and I could build you up, but there are certain people that just have an absolute gift for it. Some people that are now, um, what is that called? Uh, self-help. What is that? Uh, the, the speakers that, uh, motivational speakers. There are some motivational speakers that are very gifted. Did you ever see, uh, I'm going to name some names because show my age. Anybody ever remember Zig Ziglar? Man, that man, he, well, you go to one of his conferences, it's for business, but he was all, he, he claimed Christ. But you go to one of his conferences, you think, man, I'm going to leave there. I got, I'm going to, there's a little more pep in my step. There's a little more glide in the stride. I can do something now. Are you with me? Yeah, some of you older folks, I know you, you, you get the lingo. Some of you younger folks, what the heck is this guy talking about? Glide in the stride. Pep. No, you understand. It's, these people are gifted. There are gifted speakers who have nothing to do with, with the Lord. They should, because that gift that they have is from God, and if they're not using it for God, it doesn't count. I know that ticked some of you off, but that's just too bad. If it's not being used for God, then it doesn't count. Amen? So in exhortation, he who gives with liberality. So some people have a gift of giving. Giving money? Absolutely. Oh, I knew he was going to say that. Yeah, giving money? Absolutely. Some people have no problem turning over their last dime. They just have faith for it. God has blessed them. They're not concerned with where their uh, meal is coming from or whatever. If they've got it. I know, I, this, I'm not going to say names because I don't want to rob their blessing. But there are people in this room who, you, who I know personally would literally give the shirt off their back. But that's a gift from God. Hallelujah. He who leads, not all of us are leaders, but some of us are, he who leads with diligence. Be, listen, you know what? Be, be with diligence. You know, always be in this mindset that you are in a leadership position. So what happens with that, it's, there's a lot of responsibility. You can't take a day off. Come on. Oh, we got a little quiet. A little quiet. How many of you parents understand about that? You can't take a day off. Right? Be diligent about it. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Did you see that? Look at we all are supposed to be merciful. Isn't that right? That's part of the fruit of the Spirit. We all should have a degree of mercy. But see, now this is speaking that there's something, some of us operate more abundantly in that area. And it's God-given. Thank God. I know my children probably would thank God that in our house there was somebody a little more merciful than Dad. And that was mom. So mom had a greater degree of mercy than dad did. So that's why the children sometimes went to mom. (laughs) Are you with me? But my brothers and sisters, I'm not trying to be funny here, but what I'm trying to do is, as you know, there's, there's, a, there's a point. All of these things, now remember, it's talking about these gifts, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. The gifts that we have in order to operate and do the work that God has called us to do, He went ahead and He equips you to do it. 
God doesn't assign you the responsibility and say, because you imagine, I, this happened to me one time. I, when I left the golf course industry, the side that I'm on now, I went f- for a, ma- um, a managing marketing position with a, a, a vendor, a supplier. They were called upon to, by the company that owned them, they were called to, to just absolutely be a one-stop shop for everything ergonomic, meaning fertilizers, chemicals, everything and anything. So, you know, they're courting me, they, you know, they make me an offer, I go ahead, I take the job, I show up on the job, I, and then they hand me a binder, and I'm not kidding you, the back of the binder was, what, six inches? That binder was huge, and in this binder is all the products that they sell. Hand me that, give me office, give me a computer, and say, okay, have at it. Have at what? As far as they were concerned, they gave me what they thought I needed, but... There was, much, there was no, it, it wasn't at all what I needed. So now I'm like a fish out of water. I'm flopping all around the place. I've got to go ahead and fi- start breathing and start reading and, and just try to figure this out on my own. That was one of the most uncomfortable positions that I've ever been in in my life. God doesn't want you in that position. Listen to me. God has gifted you. There are people in this room. Oh, my son, when he was younger, he said, man, he's gifted and talented. My daughter, gifted and talented. Of course I'm going to say that to my kids. I'm a little bit, you know. But there are, there are other people in this room who I've known for a long time. You have gifts and talents. And I used to pray, God, let them use their talents for good and not for evil. And so, there's this, so now many of you in this room, you've been gifted and, and God has placed upon you. And I know that there are people in this room who, has a call, who have a calling on their lives or are not fulfilling it. But my brothers and sisters, understand, it's still going to involve faith. Well, what does that mean, Tony? Well, we have all of these elements. He's given you gifts, but you have to have the faith to step out and use the gift that He gave you. Come on. You have to trust God. Well, I don't have nothing. You have something. There was just a few that God has mentioned specifically. I know that there are people who exercise in this room who, who have a great degree of mercy toward others. I know that there are people in this room and possibly listening who are good at motivating people, speaking and being able to, to motivate people and exhort people because of how they, they speak and, and the spirit that they have in them. It's Holy Spirit. Are you with me? I know that these things exist. But then, let's go now to 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, uh, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by Holy Spirit. My brothers and sisters, I'm, I've read that. You know why I read that to you? I want to remind you, and I know that we've discussed this whether either on Wednesdays or Sundays over the last few weeks, a handful of times I've referred to the Scripture. But now look at it in this context. You can have faith because you know that it's going to be Holy Spirit driven. That in your heart, if you know that Jesus Christ is your Lord, then you know that Jesus Christ has placed His Spirit in you. Why? Because if you really say that and mean it, then that means that the Holy Spirit is in you. Come on. So now you can have more confidence. What? Yeah, because now you know that it's not just you and your abilities, that God has gifted you. That same Spirit of God, that same Spirit, as the Bible tells us, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in you. 
and now you're able to say that Jesus Christ is Lord and mean it from your heart, that's proof that Holy Spirit is in you. And also, other scriptures that you and I have studied together. But look, it's the Spirit of God. We've received the Spirit of adoption, and we know that we are the sons of God, because His witness is, is bearing witness with our spirit that we are the sons and daughters of God. So now, my brothers and sisters, you can have confidence. You can know, you can have, hallelujah. And it doesn't matter what your station is in life. does not matter. Wherever you are, God is. And God has gifted you. Trust Him. You have to have faith. Amen? So now let's look at verse 4 together. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works in all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Who's He? God. As God wills. Amen? See, so now in the next few verses, uh, the Holy Spirit speaks through the Apostle, and he's talking specifically about there being many members, as this alludes to, there are many members with different gifts and qualities blessed by God, but it is the same Spirit of God who is blessing all with different and diversities of gifts for, listen, for the benefit of all. We are one body, he says. And there are different functions that we have. So my brothers and sisters, when you don't act in faith, if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, and you're not acting in faith and using the gift that God has given you, you're robbing the rest of the church. See, you were given that gift not to sit still or sit on it or not to make money with it. Hmm. You, we've got some good singers in here, praise the Lord. To my knowledge, none of them are making money with it at this point, but at least they're blessing us on Sundays. Hallelujah. There are many good singers that we that we uh, see on the uh, that are, are become huge celebrities um, who started in the church. They have a lot to answer for. So, my brothers and sisters, listen. That, it's it's us working together. It's using the individual gift and blessing that God has given us, so that as a body we can do the work as He's called us to do it. And it takes the body. And He planned it that way. He planned it that way. Why? God is love. Love is relational. That agape is relational. There has to be relationship. There has to be relationship. If I don't need... Man, listen. If God equipped me with everything to do everything, I don't need you. And I don't mean that ugly. I don't mean that the way it sounded. Think about this. No, God, God did this purposely. God could have did it any way He wanted to. He's God. And nothing, listen, you need to remember this. Nothing, I mean absolutely nothing, is impossible with God. I believe that. You know why I believe it? Because He said it. Nothing, nothing. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how you feel about it. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Amen? Nothing. It can happen. If God wants it to happen, you get yourself in agreement with God's will, it'll happen. Hallelujah. 
So now watch, God could have did it any other way. But he chose us to work corporately. He blessed us as individuals to come together as his body and work together. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you... Why do you think that the enemy of our soul and all these Marxists and communists and all these other people are trying to divide us? When we work together, we cannot be defeated. When we work, when we, they splinter and break us up, no power. Together, no one could conquer us. Amen? Yeah, so we still have some people staying home, you know, watching the services and listening to the services and all that other stuff. There's no way that they could participate the way you're participating. Come on. You need to look somebody in the face and you need to, listen, you need to discern. You need, some of us may have a, uh, Michelle has a gift of discernment. Some of us can go ahead and, and look at somebody and talk to somebody and discern there's something here. God, direct me. What, what, what needs to happen here? Come on. Or, Tony, uh, I'm, something is here. Something's wrong here. Let's pray and let's, let's talk. Can you talk with this person? Let's see what it is that they need or what's, you know, what's, what's inhibiting them. What's, what's the stumbling block in their life? Something's wrong. Come on. Come on. Are you with me? See, this, this kind of stuff needs to happen. But when you're staying away, when you're not involved... It's, you, you're not part of it. You can't. It's, 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 God called us to come together and be united. Unity, church, unity. The church functions the best when it's together, operating in one mind and one accord. God is right in the middle of that. Amen? All right, so now I'm going to give you a feeble example. I know this is not a good example. Mary, would you put one of those? Okay, you see this? I know you think it looks ugly. That is beautiful. This pond, this is out, of, this is out where we were. This pond is so low... And what happened was there was a big blowout, and this is a drain pipe, and it's two holes over. The pipe collapsed and broke apart, and all the material that was around the pipe washed down the pipe from all the heavy rains and stuff, and it all ended out in this pond. And you know that we haven't been getting rain up until this past weekend. That pond is as low as I've seen it in years. So somebody got the bright idea, hey, we can get that big old spoil pile that was there and maybe we can repair this a little bit. This pipe was at the edge of the pond at one time. Before we did the work, the edge of the pond was back up in here somewhere. Next one. See all that we restored, we put back through the years, all of that eroded, all of this eroded, and we put it back. And, and you see, you could see the rest of where that spoil pile was. Now, when that water comes up, it'll be beautiful. Turf down to water. No more mound of the guys on the job called it the alligator island because the gators would get on that big old island and sun themselves. A huge amount of material. Okay, so why am I showing you this silly picture? Because as this was happening, this, this happened, I, I got the idea, where one of us got the idea during the week, uh, in the middle of the week, we started executing the plan. But now, while we're working on this little stretch of... Uh, I, God's paradise, I call it. While we're working on this little half acre, there are still 495 acres. There are almost 500 other acres that need to be worked on, and we only have 20 guys or whatever it is. So now watch. I get a handful of guys working on this, and there's a vision. We're going to go ahead and we're going to fix this. We're going to do this. At the same time, there are other guys having to facilitate all of these other acres. 
So after this project was completed, and when it rains, I can't wait. I'm going to show you some more pictures after everything heals in, because this will all be like one. All of that will be one. But after that all heals in, I'll take a picture of it. Now watch. The other, when we got that finished, the other morning, I got all the guys together. And I said, look it. Here's the deal. Some of, there were people that worked on it for a day, people that had to go off and do something else. There was, we had a tree go down, and then I had three guys go and work on that tree. So here's the thing. What I told the guys is everybody who was part of the team contributed to that. Everybody. Whether they touched the first blade of grass, whether they threw the first shovel or not, it doesn't matter. Because if they weren't directly involved in that, they were directly involved in facilitating something somewhere else so that the guys that were there were still being taken care of. Are you with me? Are you with me? Do you hear that? That's the way it is in the body of Christ. We may not be on the mission field in Africa. We may not be. But here we are together and we go ahead and, and you guys have it in your heart to give. And, I, and again, I spent some time with Brother Chuck this last week. Awesome, awesome. They just opened up their 37th church in Africa. And you guys had a little bit of a part in that. You're not out there, but because you do what you do, right? Come on. Come on. That allows other people who are called to go and be there and be in the middle of that to do that. But the body of Christ functioning worldwide, everybody doing their part, the gifts and the calling of God being, listen, being exercised and executed by His people who who acknowledge Him. Who have given Him preeminence in their lives. (laughs) Hallelujah. We're not just giving Him our spare change. We're not just giving Him our spare time. He takes preeminence. And when He has preeminence in your life, when He has preeminence in this body, He will do great things through this body. Hallelujah. You are His feet. You are His hands. Hallelujah. So we're still in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to jump down to verse 27 now. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles. Let me pause here. I, I don't, I'm not going to try to read anything special into this. I'm not trying to go sideways or do my thing with this scripture. But I really do feel like there's a, there's a method to the madness here. Prophets, third teachers, after that. See that those two words, after that? I think that is specific. I think it's specific. Why? Because you need these other things to happen. You need these other things to happen first. See, we're always trying to look at the miracles and look at the supernatural before we have anything else. And that's not the order that God set. You have to have the good news of Jesus Christ. You have to have the miracle of His resurrection and understand again that that same Spirit that raised Him from the dead now abides in you. You have to have this knowledge of Him. You have to be able to know what the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is. You have to have a measure of faith. Don't you? So how do we do that? Well, God has appointed apostles, special messengers, and there's prophets, those who speak the Word. Amen? Okay, and then there's teachers, those who teach the Word, who break it down for us just a little bit. Amen? And then after that, miracles, then gifts of healings. Man, oh man, look at these things that God has promised us in His church. This is an awesome thing. We're in need of... Christina, our sister needs healing this morning. Hallelujah. 
Father God, in Jesus' name, we extend our faith. Father, we know that she believes that you are Jehovah Rapha. So in this moment, Father, we align our will with yours. And Father, we know that our sister has her, her faith and trust in you. So heal her in her body in Jesus' name. I believe it can happen right now. Why do I believe that? Look, well, look what it says. We have knowledge of His Word. Our faith in that is not based on some fictitious pie-in-the-sky thing. It is the absolute positive Word of God. And Jesus spoke those things. And He did those things. And then to prove that it was right, it was real, it was just, He came out of a grave alive. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Man, I'm going to pop a gasket here. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. Now, my brothers and sisters, here's probably the problem. Because now, this scripture is telling us that we should earnestly desire the best gifts. Where are you in that? Where are you in that? Listen, this is not me pointing a finger at you. This is Holy Spirit is trying to minister to you, to me, to all of us. Where are you there? Are you, you know, hey, I'm saved. I got my ticket to heaven. I'm just going to sit here and wait it out. Ah, uh, that doesn't line up with Scripture. Because, because look, look at what we've just read. That we, you're a born-again Christian. You are a brand-new person. You are all, all things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. You're born again. You're new. Raised to live in the newness of life. Amen. I just covered a lot of Scripture right there. Okay? Raised to live in the newness of life. You're created in Christ Jesus for good works. Not to sit and wait to be carted out of here and go to heaven. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works and He's gifted you with some gifts and talents. Now why is... And now this, the, the, the Spirit of God speaking to His Apostle is saying you should desire spiritual gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. Now, okay, what's the excellent way? Well, we know right after this it's the... Uh, the, the the chapter on love. It's the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13. And he talks about love. And what he says in that, you can have all of these um, manifestations of the Spirit. You can speak in tongues and do all of these things. But if you don't have love, you have nothing. That's huge. That is very, very, very huge. In 1 Corinthians 14.1, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now, we know specifically they were having problems in that church. You know, people speaking in tongues out of order and doing all of this nonsense, and he's trying to bring correction. You know, this, when you speak and no one understands you, you know, it, you're not doing anybody any good. If someone speaks in tongues, it should be done in order, and it should be interpreted if it's a message for the church. Amen? So that's, that's what that's all about. So he's saying better that you prophesy, that you speak a word of God in understanding that people may gain or be edified by that. Amen? But it doesn't say that you shouldn't speak in tongues. It doesn't say that. It says better that you prophesy. Okay? So now we're going to jump ahead. Now listen, I'm preaching, but I'm teaching. 
I'm, I'm, I'm taking this right out of the Word, so you can't tell me that this is me. This is God. Second Peter 1, 2-8. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Okay, so, so what does that mean? Listen, He's given us everything that we need to live this life according to His purpose and plan. Knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue through the knowledge of Jesus that called us, right? Come on. So, so look, knowledge, I, know, I don't know of Jesus, but I know Jesus. A difference, okay? By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. See, hallelujah. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So watch. Now we have already the, the, the Holy Spirit speaking that we've been given these gifts. The gifts are given to each of us individually as He wills for the furtherment of His glory, His kingdom, to do the work that He's called us to do. Amen? But it's all still by faith. Amen? And now this is saying that, look, we have all of these great and precious promises, even the extent that we have now available in us the divine nature. That's the godly nature. Right? But let me draw your attention. Thank you. Still up there. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. But we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. What does that mean? Our earthly, our bodily, everything that we are drawn to according to our body. Now, it just, just does not mean sex or physical relationships. It doesn't just mean that. Does it mean that? Absolutely means that. But it could be any appetite, physical appetite that we have. Right? Because remember, even, i, I got to repeat this, but this is just the devil is the same. He is the same. The same thing he did to Adam and Eve in the garden is the same thing that he's done all through history. Right? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. That's all the weapons that he has against you and I. And God, by, putting, by giving us his divine nature, we are no longer enslaved to that. We've been freed. We've been delivered. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And now we have this divine nature available that's living inside of us. And we could say, no, even when our own body is crying out for chocolate chip ice cream at 12 o'clock midnight, No! I'm being a little bit silly, but you don't want me to name some of the things because then you're, they're going to start shutting me off on the internet and some of you are going to be more upset with me than you are right now. Come on now. So remember, you know, we were in Ephesians last week. I'm going to go back real quick and we're, we're, I'm moving along pretty good here. Ephesians 5, listen to me as I say this to you. Ephesians 5, you're going to be familiar with this. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Wow. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, you have to work at that. When you're in the middle of it, and if I, I was like this, man, what more? It just keeps piling up. Every time I turn around, there's something else. But I will tell you this. Whenever I say, okay, Lord, thank you. 
I don't know what this is teaching me. I'm not sure where. I'm not in it, but I'm going to say thank you because I know that you're not going to let anything happen to me that you don't plan or that you're not aware of. So if this is just a faith builder, help me with my faith, Lord. If this is to burn some more of that dross out of me, to burn some more of that ugliness out of me, you're bringing it to the surface so I recognize it and I can confess it before you. Come on now. I'm not the only one in this room and I'm not the only one if you're listening. Man, you know that there's still some stuff. And just because you didn't say it and just because you won't admit to it, that doesn't mean that it's not there and that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you enough to deal with it even though it hasn't been an outward problem yet because it will come out sooner or later. Remember what I've always told the kids and everybody all around here. When you're squeezed, that's when the real you comes out. All right. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral, or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater. See what he's saying? Covetousness is? You know, if you're having a desire for something, you're actually showing that you have that ahead of God has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. There's so much of that going on right now. In church, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not associate with them. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. Walk as children of light. Walk according to what you know. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works. Of unfruitful works. You're supposed to be doing the fruitful works. Unfruitful works are darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things that they do in secret. So now remember, that's, that's the opposite of where we're supposed to be. Now, my brothers and sisters, I'm not going to say that, oh, I'm preaching to somebody in this room. And, uh, no, we may not be doing these things outright, but there may be some things that we've put ahead of the Lord. There also may be some things that we haven't maybe acted out, but there's that old nature that creeps up in us, and we've got to fight it. Remember what I said to you last week about you know, young people. You young people, if you're worried about uh, your mom or dad or your guardian, whoever it might be, uh, seeing something that you have on your phone or on your computer... God sees it. And same thing with husbands, wives, adults. If you're worried about your spouse seeing something, God sees it. See, that's speaking to something here. So we need to go ahead and make sure that... Now remember, God has dealt to each of us a measure of faith, right? Okay, so now let's go continue in in 2 Peter, now verse 5. But also for this very reason, give all diligence, add to your faith virtue. You see? We're responsible for something. God has dealt us a measure. Oh, this is so good. I don't know why you're not happy. Listen, God has dealt us a measure of faith. God has given us something. Now it's up to us to do something. Add to your faith. Add to your faith what, Tony? Well, if you want to know, here's what it says, right? Add to your, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness, phileo, phileo love, a brotherly affection. And to brotherly affection, to brotherly love, agape, unconditional love. For these things are yours and abound. You will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, my brothers and sisters, 
Maybe there's a rut because we've stopped adding to our faith. We got satisfied in a place. Things were going pretty good. The kids weren't acting too much a fool. Uh, you know, th- things are okay. Um, getting along really well with my spouse or, you know, God has delivered this great um, person into my life or, or all that. God, I go to a great church, amen. Uh, but, you know, but whatever that case may be, you know, we got a little bit complacent and we stopped adding. Has that ever happened? I've had seasons like that in my life for sure. For sure. For sure. So, so maybe... Um, you know, maybe we just got a little bit complacent, a little bit lazy. Or maybe you're in a place, but you think you're in a place, but you're not. Man, I, 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 unfortunately, in, in all sincerity, I don't mean this ugly toward anyone, but I've had so many, quote-unquote, and for people that are listening and can't see me, the air quotes, so many spiritual giants advise me and who don't know the first thing about the Word of God. But they're spiritual. You can't be spiritual if you don't know what this Word says. See, it's all by the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ that we gain these things. See, and, and see, you know, when we talk about these things, when we talk about, like, what the, what the, when the Scripture is saying that we have this divine nature in us, and we have all of these things by faith... There's been a doctrine in the theology that has been, you know, has corrupted that. The church that I was raised up in, they were so intent, we'll get you saved, and then the first thing they want you to do is speak in tongues after you get saved. I got to know what it's like to be saved. I I, got to know, you know, God's got to give me some direction here. I'm just brand new. I'm just a baby Christian. Uh, And you want me to speak in tongues? And, And wait a minute. Don't I got to do something else for it? I mean, shouldn't there be some influence on my life which says that I'm saved other than speaking in tongues? See, that's the thing. Remember where we were in that other scripture. You have to have the apostles, the teachers, and all these other things before the supernatural. I need to know what the Word of God says. You know, I was at a place back years and years ago, and the, a Christian company owned the, the, the place that I I was working at, and they allowed me to have uh, devotions. On Thursdays, I had devotions. I let, it was totally voluntary. The guys and ladies that did not want to be part of the devotion, I let them extend their lunch period, but most of them stayed, and I gave devotions, and we had a couple of people saved, and there was, I remember one time there was this young girl who got saved, and so after that, she wanted me to pray for, with her. So I went back and I had this other person who was born again Christian, word of faith. And so I'm praying and, she, and I'm trying to get her to understand, here's what just happened. If you mean this with your heart, here's what just happened. Now this other person that was with me was dogging this person to speak in tongues. This person had no idea. I'm trying to get her to understand if she meant this with her heart, what's happening now? And now this person's getting her, trying to get... My brothers and sisters, that's not how this works. And because there have been that kind of... I just, it just totally throws a monkey wrench into the whole thing. Because that's all that there is. Because now, if you really have faith, and you're really following Jesus, this is what happens. Uh, no. Does it happen? Yes. Yeah. Should you desire them? Absolutely. Look at everything we just said. You need those things. So on the one hand, I'm saying, listen, it, it, there's a process. 
And just see what happens is, you know, the word of faith, the Pentecostal, the Charismatics, or whatever you want to do it, there's this emphasis on these spiritual manifestations, and they're saying that you judge your faith by these spiritual manifestations. No, it's the other way around. The signs follow the belief. You prove that you have faith when you speak, it's because of faith that you get those things. Remember where the, the scripture that we were in? Through faith you get these things. Through faith you operate in these things. God has gifted you. God has called you. He gives you His manifestations of His Spirit. But it's all by faith. Well, see, Tony, that proves it. Because then, if you had faith, then you're doing these things. Yeah, but how, faith in what? Faith in what? I have to have some knowledge of the Lord. I have to spend some time with the Lord. Because if, listen, if someone comes up here and I'm forcing them to speak in tongues, I'm putting the pressure on them to speak in tongues, but they don't know Jesus. Is that tongues? Remember the seven sons of Siva? Remember that? In, in Acts. It's in the book of Acts. They were the vagabond Jews. They, they went around. But So now watch. There's a, there's a person who's possessed with a demon. So they, they go to this, they just know enough to say, hey, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, we adjure you, we, we command you, I'm going to speak Tony totally language, we command you to come out. Well, guess what? The demon speaks up and says, Jesus I know, Paul I know, who are you? Whooped them like big bass drums and sent them on the street naked. Why? Why? Did they do it in the name of Jesus? Yes. But they don't know Jesus. What was their faith in? Their faith was in, I saw Paul do this. What was Paul's faith in? He saw the risen Lord. He spent years with Jesus in the desert. He was taught. He spent time with Him. And you know what what started Paul's journey? Remember when Jesus knocked him down? Blinded him. Took his, listen, took his physical eyes away. Why? So his spiritual eyes could be opened. See, we keep looking at this thing, trying to figure it out in the natural. You're never going to figure it out in the natural. You need to, my brothers and sisters, you need to get your spiritual eyes open and stop worrying about how you're going to figure this thing out and one day it's all going to just pop into place. The light bulb's going to go on. No! You can't figure it out. He made it so that you can't. The wisdom of man is foolishness to God, it says in Corinthians. So let me take you back just a little bit more. (laughs) Ephesians 5, you'll recognize this. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You see this? So now watch. Everything that we know, all of the stuff that we've been studying together over the last few weeks, and now here, just in the scriptures that we see, listen, it's, I'm no longer walking according to the natural. I can't walk according to the flesh. By faith, I'm going to walk according to, uh, walk with Jesus, according to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, in this relationship with Jesus Christ, and now I'm going, I'm figuring out what the will of the Lord is, so that when I do go up and lay hands on somebody, well, I'm going to try this out. No! No, I have confidence. I know what the will of the Lord is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Redeeming the time. Remember we hit on that last week hard. 
time is precious. Time is money. Right? So if you think of time as money, like that old saying is, how am I using the time that God has given me? But understand what the, Lord, uh, what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't be wasteful. Don't do what the uh, prodigal son... Remember? Prodigal, that's the same Greek word I taught you that last week. That dissipation is prodigal living. Wasteful. Just nothing. Unsaved. But be filled with the Spirit. And that's where we stopped. But now look at what he says to the Holy Spirit in verse 19. Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So watch. Remember before, when we were unbelievers, when someone was telling jokes or, you know, you know, we were just part of the thing. If someone was going out doing something wrong or if someone was, you know, making wisecracks about the secretary or if someone was just, you know, making fun of somebody, mocking somebody, you know, maybe we didn't fully participate, but we were yucking it up with them and all that. Now, this says something totally different. See, you used to do that. But don't do that anymore. So what you do instead, if you're trying to be, be being filled, be in this constant uh, process of being filled, what do you do? Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Speak to one another as Christians. Speak to one another with the Word backing you up. What? Yeah. Man, I'm going to give you an example of what that is. Man, oh, I'm getting so old. My back. Oh, I can't. I did this and did that and did the other thing. And Well, shoot, man. If I were you, I'd go, go see this doctor and see if you can get that thing operated on. Or That's not Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Hallelujah. Give it to God, brother. I mean, I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. Maybe you go see a doctor, but whatever happens, man, let's, just God wants you healthy. Let's speak positive. It's not the power of positive thinking. It's just not Norman Vincent Peale. This is what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that He is able to heal you. So you know what? Hey, you know what? Stop confessing all that negative stuff. Let me, let's confess something good. God, I want to be right. I want to be healed. So if you're going to heal me, praise you, God. Amen. If you're not going to heal me till I get the glory, thank you, God. You know, I've told you and I've shared this with you before. Now, my back has been an issue since I've been young. I broke my back in a few places. My back is broken in a couple places on the bottom. And so now, I didn't know it, but I'm still operating. But all I know is I'm in pain all the time. I'm, I'm working. And then the next day, I mean, I'm, I'm rolling out of bed to try and go to work the next day. And I just prayed to the Lord, Lord, heal me. Lord, this ain't supposed to be. I, I had a doctor tell me that one day I would have a, uh, use a lazy leg. I would have to, yeah, I'd be limping along because the uh, calcification that's going on around the spinal cord, eventually I would lose feeling in one leg or I'd lose a partial use of one leg. Here I am. <laughs> that leg is moving good now, baby. What, what, what? Am I? No. I, God, heal me. I want you to heal me. Say, Lord, don't you laugh at me, Nyla. <laughs> heal me. Heal me. Heal me, Lord. I'm not even. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, if that happens while I'm on earth, Hallelujah. If I have to wait to get the glory, Hallelujah. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. That's speaking in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Let's pray. Let's lift up each other. Let's do some stuff that's positive. Let's not commiserate. This world is stinky on ice. This world is corrupt. Our country is corrupt and getting worse every day. 
Hallelujah. You don't need me to tell you that. You know it. So, how about this? The country's corrupt, but God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. He's going to come back and split the world one day closer to Him splitting that sky and calling me home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God. This is hard to do. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. I respect God. So look, there are so many of us that have problems being humble. And I don't mean the false humility. You know, I mean truly being humble. A lot of us have that problem. Okay, I'm a pastor. Bible, I'll humble myself before the Lord. Okay, if you humble yourself before the Lord, I, I, I link this with the same thing that he says. If you can't love your brother who you could see, then you don't love me. So if you can't humble yourself before your brother, then you can't humble yourself before God. Now, I'm not adding to the Scripture. I'm just saying, if, I, if the fruit of the Spirit is there, and if the fruit of the Spirit is there, and then I see a Scripture like this in addition, submit to one another in the fear of God. You know, re, you know re, re, respect one another. You know? This is what this is saying. And, and not so me-centered. Now, I'm just going to give you a few more scriptures, then we're going to go. Because this is going to speak to Holmes. He goes on, he being the uh, Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, in verse 22, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, he goes on and says the husband's the head and all this other stuff. Now, women have a big problem with this. Listen, I didn't make that up. I didn't write that in the Bible. He did. If you have a problem, take it up with him. And and I've said this for years. I'm going to say it again. Well, I'll submit to him when he loves me like Christ loved the church. That's not what it says. That's not what it says. It says that you do that. Regardless of what he does. Because you're not... Listen, you're not doing it conditionally. You're doing it based on your relationship this way. The relationship this way may be in trouble, but if the relationship this way gets good, then this won't be as bad. I can tell you that right now. Hallelujah. Okay, hallelujah. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Hey, listen, guys. This is true. This is true. You can't say that I want to be the head of the house and she needs to respect my position because that's what submit means. Submit doesn't mean that she's your slave. Honey, go get me that. That's not what that means. She just respects your position as the spiritual head of the house. Now, here's the problem. Some of us have given that away. We're not the spiritual head of the house. The prince and the power of the air is the spiritual head of the house. Why? Because we're leaning more toward that, the flesh, which is guided and led by that, than, come on, and see, now I'm going to speak to this. Not all of us in this room, and certainly in our culture, this has changed big time. And, and those of you women who have had to be dad and mom in the house, man, you are awesome. It's, man, you have a huge task. There's no question about it. Huge. The deck is stacked against you. But God. Hallelujah. But God, who is rich in mercy. Amen? So my brothers and sisters, listen, when you're a woman and you're having to take that whole thing, you're having to take that spiritual leadership on in your house, then you just have to do it. And you have to be a spiritual leader, a spiritual head of that house. That means Jesus is Lord and you're the under-shepherd in that house. Man, this is... You know what? 
here we are, a New Testament church, uh, many in this room have been born again for a long time. Why is God telling us this? Because I really believe this is the word from God. So why is God telling us this? We got comfortable. We got lazy. We gave up our position. The culture has more of an effect on us than the Spirit of God. There's your rut. So then, going, jumping into the chapter 6 of Ephesians. Children, see, you kids thought you were going to get out of this. Serious, your mom said, listen up right now. <laughs> see, I'm just teasing, I'm just teasing you. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. Listen, kids, this doesn't say, do it when you feel like they're being fair. Kids, this doesn't say that you should do it only at given times, only when you feel like it, only when that. It doesn't say that. It says to obey them all the time and to honor them all the time. Man, there are some kids, I see the way that, if I would have talked, uh, spoken to my father like I see some kids speak to their parents, man, I was afraid, very afraid. That one... She threw things, yeah, man. If uh, man, she, hey, she would, she, wait, wait, she, she could run me down a little bit, but then when she couldn't run me down anymore, picking up the nearest thing and, oh, yeah. I'm telling you, and Sandy Koufax had nothing on her. I'm just kidding. And some of these kids are, who the heck is Sandy Koufax? <laughs> We're old, but no, but but seriously, but that's the thing, my brothers and sisters. Look, I would never think to say those things to my mother or my father. Not to their face. No, you know, it sounds funny, it sounds weird, but my brothers and sisters, it's, it's awful what's going on. Little Brock Morton only does it a little bit, and we're comparing Brock Morton to some of these other kids, we're okay. No. No, don't, listen, don't drop the bar, and young people, listen to me, my young people that are in this room and the young people that are listening by the internet. You don't have a choice. You don't. You obey. You obey. Read one last scripture and then we'll be done. Because in Colossians, the Holy Spirit speaks the same thing to the, to, to the church of Colossae. Sums it up real quick. Wives, submit to your own husbands as fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. That's added, right? Oh, I got to love her. <laughs> I got to do that. Well, that's not good. Because she's saying the same thing about you. <laughs> Children, obey your parents in all things. In all things. For this is well-pleasing to the Lord. See, you're doing it for the Lord. Hallelujah. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Did you hear that? Now, I don't know if my son remembers this, but I'm going to tell on him one more time. I had a Bible... And then one time I was I, I, I went to this I turned the pages and something was underlined and I didn't underline it and sure enough it was that 
My son underlined that for me. He wanted to make sure that message got home, right? <laughs> the Holy Spirit was speaking through it. <laughs> he said, Do not, don't make me mad, Dad. That's what he's saying. Don't make me mad. At least he opened up the Bible. <laughs> I was thrilled. <laughs> so fathers, do not provoke your children unless they become discouraged. You know, see, look, it's not just provoking them to anger or anything like that, but constantly poking them or prodding them. Like, it's never good enough, or it should be better, or blah, 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 blah. Love them. Fathers, love them. No, that doesn't mean lower the bar. Oh, yeah, okay, Brock Morton, you, you, you tried, and that's all that counts. No. You, you missed it, but hallelujah. You look how close you came. Next time, we're going to get it. Right? Amen. Hallelujah. See, so I don't know how many little Brock Mortons we got in this church that have been spoiled the other way. Oh, everybody's a winner. No, you made a mistake, but that's okay. It's not the end of the world. Listen, you made a mistake. We're going to learn from this. We're going to go on. I love you. Let's, let's, let's fix this together. That's the way your Father in Heaven thinks of you. Amen? So maybe the Lord will bring us there next week on Father's Day. Bond servants, obey all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Now, bond servants. Listen, I, I don't want... Help me, Jesus. Slaves. Okay, we know that's a sensitive thing. You can't say, you're not allowed to say that. Listen, I'm telling you something. When this says this, were there uh, servants and stuff back then? Yes. But how did it happen? You know, people conquered other people and they made them slaves. Islam is still doing it, by the way. Yep. Now, now it is. Now it is. Uh, we have that secret stuff that's going on that we should be very cognizant of. But my brothers and sisters, what this is saying is, if you were conquered, you know, you had to serve, or if you ran up a debt, you were bound to that person, whoever that was. You you had to be their servant to work off your debt. That's what this is talking to. Now, look in our culture where we are now in this age. The people that I work for, I'm not their slave, but if I want to get paid, I serve them. So that's what this is talking to. Your employer, whoever you have an agreement with, that's what you do. When I went to work for them, uh, they gave me a letter. It said, I'm I'm responsible for this. Here's how much I'm going to pay you. And blah, 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 and this and that and the other thing. There's some details here that, you know, and so that's, and I agreed to it. I went to work for them. So now I have to hold up my end of the deal. All right? Okay, so that's what this is saying to, to us. What, how would this say to us in the modern era? And now some people say, well, that's why, I've I got to say it, please. See, Christianity taught uh, people that slavery was good. No, it did not. This is not saying that. So I want you to understand that. Anybody who says that Christianity was for slavery, they don't know what they're talking about because it was the abolitionists that ended slavery. And they were Christians. They were Christians. So please hear my heart. I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm not trying to be political. But when we come up on a scripture like this, our, our young people are being taught so many false things that you've got to be afraid of every word that comes out of your mouth because you're going to offend somebody. I'm just telling you. Right now, in quote-unquote, if I want to get paid, if I want to live in a house and have food, I need a paycheck. If I want to do that, I've got to work for somebody. Okay? So now this is what this is saying to Tony, right? Tony, 
obey in all things your masters or your employer according to the flesh. They're my employer. Not with eye service as men pleasers, right? But in sincerity of heart, fearing God. What, that project that we started. You know what? The owner of the property looked at something and he said, man, I wish we could get rid of it. What could we do to get rid of that, that alligator island I was telling you about? What could we do to get rid of that? At that point, that's the only thing we could do is you've got to let me go ahead and get a big track hoe with an extended boom so we could reach out and pull that stuff. But then after the pond went down, right? Okay, now I know that my, the owner, not my master, but the, my employer wants that gone. So now I could still make the excuse, say, well, you didn't get me to the extended backhoe. But, wait a minute, he wants that gone. God has given me a gift. Come on. God has given me a gift. He's given me the ability to manage this property. So now I'm going to use the gifts and talents that God has given me. I'm going to get a team together. We're going to go ahead and we're going to get this taken care of. He's thrilled. See, I'm not, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to just do some little things around the periphery, make him think that I'm working, yeah, and this is good enough. No, I'm employed to do something. You're employed, there should be no better employee than you, wherever it is that you're working. Why? Because you're rendering it unto God. Hallelujah. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. See, that's what we just said. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. Hallelujah. So Jesus, we love you this morning. And we thank you for your word. Lord Jesus, as we leave here, Lord, I pray that you would continue, Holy Spirit, to minister to us. Let this this word that you've given us, let it sink down in us. And let it be part of who we are from this point forward. Lord, yeah, we've heard this word. Lord, I've preached this before. But Lord, even I needed to be reminded of this today. Especially in everything, give thanks. Lord, in this moment, I could say, I'm not being squeezed terribly. And I could say, thank you for the tests and for the challenges. But Lord, I pray in this moment that in the middle of the tests and challenges, I will remember this moment. (laughs) Hallelujah. Lord, help me to remember this moment. When it all is piling up against me. Father, help us all to remember this moment when you spoke to us so clearly about our everyday life. Whether we're young, whether we're old, or anywhere in between. Lord, you've covered it all. So Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit that will never leave us, will never forsake us, and empowers us, Father, to do the job that you called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen.